What's going on, family? Happy Monday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction. I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you've had an amazing week, and I hope that life is good. There certainly has been a ton going on in the world of pro wrestling, and of course, we're going to bring that to you. But as always, thank you so much for your continued support of all things connected to The Faction. We could not do what we do without you. So if you're following us on the socials, thank you so much. If you're not, you can find us at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And also make sure you are subscribed to our podcast on Google, Spotify, Apple, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Also want to remind you that you can check out our merch the latest merch is available by going to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Bonnerfied. You can get your t-shirts, which talk about having five seconds of courage and betting on you. They are massive. They are major, major mantras that have certainly led me into the world of pro wrestling, and I think they will lead us all through life as well. So by all means, check those out, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Bonnerfide. So it's been a pretty busy week for sure, and there is lots to get into I'm actually going to start in Impact Wrestling, which I think, you know, when the story's all said and done, we're going to have to put a lot more respect on the name of Impact Wrestling. Impact has gone through a lot, now going into its 21st year of existence. Think about this. Impact Wrestling lived three times longer than ECW. Right. And they're still putting out some amazing, amazing moments. And this weekend's pay-per-view, No Surrender, was no different. A huge show for them. Let's just talk about some of the matches and the results. Uh, the pre-show began where Giselle Shaw defeats Deanna Perrazzo. That's kind of a big, big moment there. Even though there was some interference involved, a huge, huge win there. Massive match where Jonathan Gresham defeats Mike Bailey. I would love to see these two go at it again. So now we get to the actual in-ring action during the main show. Frankie Kazarian defeats Khan. Then in the Knockouts World Tag Title match, the Death Dolls successfully defend against the Hex. Joe Hendry successfully defends the Digital Media Championship against Moose. There was a live busted open featuring Dave LaGreca, Bully Ray, and Tommy Dreamer. And let's just say that got crazy. Steve Macklin becomes the number one contender for the Impact World Championship as he defeats Brian Myers, Heath, and PCO. In a six-man tag, Bullet Club, the team of Kenta, Ace Austin, and Chris Bay defeat Time Machine, which includes the Motor City Machine Guns and Kushida. Mickey James defeats Masha Slamovich to retain the Knockouts World Championship. And in the main event, Josh Alexander continues his record-setting title reign in Impact by defeating Rich Swan. So there were no title changes this weekend, nothing of that nature. This kind of sets us on to Impact Sacrifice, which happened six days before the massive joint card between Impact and New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's happening in LA during WrestleMania week. 
which WrestleMania week is setting up to be something very, very significant. And I'm excited about this. I'm excited for all of the action that's going to be taking place there. And I hope you are as well. If you are headed to LA for WrestleMania, I hope you're making a plan in terms of the events that you're going to go to because it is impossible to hit all of them. So hit the ones that you can. There will be a lot of wrestling happening there. Of course, we have two nights of WrestleMania. We know that NXT Stand and Deliver will happen WrestleMania Saturday. There is SmackDown that's happening that Friday night. There's a lot of questions surrounding the Hall of Fame. We are six weeks out from WrestleMania, and we've heard absolutely nothing about the WWE Hall of Fame induction ceremony. So we'll keep you posted on that. Very, very interesting times for sure. Now, one of the things that will be happening WrestleMania week will be the Super Card of Honor from Ring of Honor. Now, of course, many of us were surprised by this considering Ring of Honor being owned by AEW. And there was always the promise that AEW would not be present during WrestleMania weekend. Well, I guess technically they won't be as Ring of Honor will be. And speaking of... Of Ring of Honor. There is huge news surrounding Ring of Honor as Ring of Honor over the weekend taped its first set of shows under new ownership. Now I need to pause here and really celebrate this moment and here's why. It has been nearly a year since Tony Khan purchased Ring of Honor that happened in March of last year so we're literally at that year mark and one of the biggest questions that has surrounded Ring of Honor and this purchase is would there be a TV deal? We saw a lot of Ring of Honor on AEW television and I've said this tons of times, there is very limited real estate on AEW television. Ring of Honor has needed their own show ever since being purchased. And let's consider this. Ring of Honor has not had their own show since December 2021. Let's just think about that. They went all of 2022 without their own television show. They did have several pay-per-views. Parts of me feel like it may have diminished the meaning of their championships because they were lumped in with what was going on with AEW. But this weekend, they had their first set of Ring of Honor tapings, and you'll be able to check out these shows on the Ring of Honor Honor Club streaming service, which is now back. So congratulations to all of the folks at Ring of Honor. I believe the first main event will be Claudio Castagnoli defending the Ring of Honor World Championship against A.R. Fox. The tapings took place in Orlando. I will not give away any spoilers, but I will say that you can watch the first set of tapings as they air this coming Thursday, March the 2nd on Honor Club. I got to give a big shout out to the commentary team, of course, of Ian Riccoboni and our good friend Caprice Coleman back in the saddle again. Very exciting times of course you've heard caprice also on battle slam on aew and then you've heard ian as well as part of new japan strong so seeing this amazing tandem come back together to do what they do best at ring of honor is absolutely special so congratulations to them again you can check out the first airing of the new era of ring of honor this thursday on 
Honor Club. So since we're in the land of Ring of Honor and AEW, AEW teased what they said was a major announcement. Well, at least Tony Khan teased it that way. And that major announcement happened on Dynamite this past Wednesday. It was a twofold announcement that was actually made not by Tony Khan, but by Adam Cole. And that would mean a couple of things. Number one, AEW announced that they have a new broadcast coming. It's called AEW All Access. It will air immediately after AEW Dynamite at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. It will air on TBS. And the whole premise of this is to take you behind the scenes of all things AEW, giving you what is being told to us as unprecedented access into AEW. There are a number of stars that will be involved. Now, I can tell you that they began filming this behind the scenes of Dynamite and Rampage back in November. So it'll be interesting, the stories that are being told, if you have been following AEW, Really, the thing you probably wanted to see is what life in AEW was like in the moments following the media scrum back in September. You know, that media scrum for All Out that resulted in CM Punk being, well, I don't know if he was fired. He certainly seemed to have been suspended. And I say seemed to be because he was also nursing an injury. At the time, the world title was stripped from him. The trio's title was stripped from the elite. Now, where this could get interesting is it was the November pay-per-view where the elite made their return. And I do understand that the Young Bucks will be part of this series. So certainly we could be seeing what life is like with the return of the Young Bucks in this environment. Again, only time will tell. So we'll have to watch out for that and see what that looks like. But that's coming in March. And then also in March, we'll have the return of Adam Cole to in-ring action. He's been gone for six months after a nasty concussion. So that will be exciting to see. We don't have a firm date on when AEW All Access will premiere, but it is coming in March. There are, I believe, four or five, no, five Wednesdays in March. So any of those five, we'll find out when they will fall but uh very interesting now there are those who are saying hey this did not require the kind of quote-unquote build-up that there was to it and i probably would agree we probably could have had a press release or a tweet about this which honestly may have been received a bit better than a quote-unquote game-changing announcement i'll also say that i'm not sure if they're looking for a different audience to tune into this uh much like total divas had when they were on the e-network the e-network of course specialized in reality shows and so it was going to reach a different audience with the timing of this show and the network of this show basically we're now moving to three hours of aew on a wednesday night as opposed to just two which does have some eerie similarities to monday night raw on monday nights which is also three hours be that as it may i'll reserve all judgment of course until we actually get to watch the product we may like it now remember roads to the top which was the first foray for aew into reality tv was certainly not always based in aew it was based around their home and the other things that they had to do and it was a 30 minute show 
this will be an hour long. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what stories are being told and if it really piques any of our interest. All right. So we've spent the first half of this broadcast talking about AEW and Impact Wrestling. When we come back, we'll talk about SmackDown. And if you haven't been watching Superstar Sundays from WWE on A&E, we'll talk about that as well, because that is some very riveting television. This is Caprice Coleman, and you're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. That's right, the mount, the style, the grace, the shape, and the faith. Support Bonafide Radio, The Faction. Keep it on, baby. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm going to start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How do we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me, if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people. I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here. A few minutes later, it was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year is going to be mine. COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there is a you, there will always be the S-H-W. I got a lot left in the tank! What's up, guys? This is Mark here in the World's Strongest Man, and you're tuned in to The Faction. All right, so as big of a week as it was, certainly outside of the WWE, it was certainly another big week inside of WWE, as we are now barreling on the road to WrestleMania. And there are lots of questions. Following the heels of Elimination Chamber, which, by the way, congratulations to WWE and Elimination Chamber, as Elimination Chamber, which took place at the Bell Center in Montreal, became the highest grossing and and most viewed elimination chamber in WWE history. 
Viewership of the 2023 Elimination Chamber had a 54% increase versus the previous record, which was set in 2022. It was also the largest gate ever for any WWE event held in Montreal. That would include, of course, the Montreal Screwjob back in 1997, and it was also the largest gate in the history of the Elimination Chamber. Elimination Chamber 2023 also broke the all-time event merchandise record and generated the highest grossing priority pass fan experience for any of the non-Big Five premium live events. Now, those Big Five premium live events are WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, and Money in the Bank. So this is pretty massive. On top of that, sponsorship revenue for Elimination Chamber was up nearly 300% compared to 2022. Now, what does all of that mean? First of all, let me just say this. I'm a numbers guy. I'm a math major by trade. So this kind of thing excites me. And to me, the big piece about numbers is they tell stories. So what's the story being told here? The story being told here is that the Elimination Chamber was highly successful and that whether you want to hear this or not, and I'm sure Brandon Clack somewhere has itching ears, the truth of it is we are experiencing a renaissance in WWE. We have more sold out shows than we've had certainly in recent memory. We're getting larger gates than we had ever before, which means obviously that includes the beloved Attitude Era. And I'll say this while I'm here, I, I, I anxiously await Brandon Clack to refute what I'm going to say here. So he also would love to make the statement that it was the most successful time ever because look at the ratings. Well, here's the thing. These days in 2023, nobody really looks at television ratings like that anymore. And here's one of the reasons why. Because the viewing habits and the consumption habits of consumers have changed. So where back in 1997, 98, 99, we all had to be glued to our televisions to actually watch something. And if we couldn't watch it, it was the early inception of TiVo, which is what we now know as on demand, or you had to record it on your VHS. Yes, this was prior to DVD, and I don't remember that you could ever record on DVD. Nowadays, you are expected to watch on demand, and perhaps the most important number around viewership is social media impressions. So with that said, in terms of social media content, Roman Reigns, and Sami Zayn from Elimination Chamber generated nearly 20 million views across WWE social platforms. All of this means it was huge, absolutely huge. If we're talking about, you know, biggest gates, yeah, that means they made a lot of money at that arena in terms of ticket sales. Merch sales were out of this world. Then you start talking about folks who actually viewed that also speaks to the fact that what's happening with the WWE Network on Peacock is successful because more eyes are on it, and it also speaks to the strength of the product. So with all of that said, congratulations to the WWE. Now, off the heels of that, we're on the road to WrestleMania. 
And there's a lot of questions. You know, we now know Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns are the main event seemingly for the WWE Championship. But the story of the bloodline is far from over. Whether it was Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens Monday night on Raw, them trying to mend fences and Kevin Owens is like, go talk to your buddy Jay. Or it was the absolutely gut-wrenching, dramatic conversation that happened between Sami Zayn, Jimmy Uso, the presence of Jay Uso. Who will he choose? Oh my gosh, it was just a masterpiece. And every time I start thinking, okay, they've done the most that they could do with this, all of a sudden, boom, that changes and it gets crazier. So what will this turn into? Will it turn into a title match at WrestleMania between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus the Usos? Is Jay Uso still rocking with Jimmy like that? Or is he connecting with Sami Zayn? And quite frankly, I don't think WrestleMania ends the story of the bloodline. We still need to see if Jay Uso will be acknowledged by the rest of the family as the head of the table and as the tribal chief, much like Sami Zayn has acknowledged him. Again, so many questions, so many twists and turns, making SmackDown and all things WWE must see TV. I love, love, love that. Before we go, the WWE just last week resumed its WWE Superstar Sundays on A&E, and it has had Legends biography. Last week was the NWO. Last night was Jake the Snake Roberts, who, by the way, Jake the Snake Roberts is the new matchmaker at Southern Honor Wrestling, in case you haven't heard. And our next big show is on April the 14th. You will want to be there to see the matches that Jake the Snake has put together. But let me just say this. WWE has to be deemed among the best storytellers ever. I've seen stories about the NWO for a long, long time. And most of us who lived through the NWO, we remember what we saw. And it's amazing that there are still stories out there that we haven't heard. We got many of them last Sunday on A&E. And then the Jake the Snake Roberts piece, good gracious oh my gosh just do yourself a favor go on either the A&E app or go on demand and find these biographies WWE legends they are absolutely incredible so a big night on Raw tonight the women's tag titles are on the line Becky Lynch and Lita get a shot against damage control What's going to come out of this is a great question. It's been a while since we've seen a televised tag team title match involving damage control. Will this makeshift superstar team of Becky and Lita be able to pry the tag titles away? We don't know. We'll have to watch tonight and find out. All right. Make sure you're hitting us up on all the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. And stay tuned because we've got all sorts of really cool things happening. Make sure you're checking us out. And until next time, represent. Presenting for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. By the way, congratulations to John Murray, the executive producer of the NAACP Image Award-winning outstanding talk show, Sherry, that happened over the weekend. So we celebrate him. How awesome is that? Representing for all of those good brothers, I am Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. <laughs>